Hello, welcome to This Week in Japan. I'm the Gaijin John. And I don't have any fun stories to share with you this week, so I'm just the Geek Tom, I guess. And we bring you two, hopefully more amusing than that intro, people uh, talking about the local news from all around Japan. The country in which I live for the next T-minus not much. (laughs) It's been two years, I just want a proper block of cheese. (laughs) He speaks no lies. No. What I also don't speak lies about is this week's show. Because what we have coming up is Cute Corner's uh, lesser known but cooler brother who's into anime a bit too much. Then we have some Civil Disobedience Corner with masks, but the other way around to how you're usually used to talking about masks. I have one of Japan's legendary 47 Frappuccinos. Can you collect them all? And then I I also went to a museum. It was fun. Oh, and 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 Thomas has watched some anime. It's a slow news Hello. week. Can you tell? <laughs> Didn't think we'd be bringing back this segment, did you? No, <laughs> did I. It was me. I've not seen JoJo. Is that the correct way to do do the reference? Uh, almost definitely not. But I can't say for sure. So carry on, I guess. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week, nice. as I said, we have Cool Corner, which means I need to find a new audio effect Aww. to introduce this week. <laughs> this episode's going to be a lot more work than we anticipated, isn't it, John? Yeah, that's what Slow News Week's do to you. Thomas, Japan is famous for its masks. Maybe you're a fan of Ghost of Tsushima and you like playing your samurai with like a ooh cool mask. But now you can be that person in real life. Well, you don't need to study the blade, but you do need 1600 yen plus shipping to buy a mask. Well, that John I can do. I don't know if they ship internationally. Sorry. Mm, yes, they should have seen that coming. Unfortunate. Well, John, you're in Japan, so you can help me with the transportation of any masks i could and i probably would if spoiler alert they are already sold out ah turns out the point that something like small and interesting gets talked about on national news where i get my stories from turns out they tend to get sold out quickly but no this is a designer from fukushima who is producing samurai masks but not samurai masks. The kind of masks that we wear. I will say, new rule, it is mandatory to listen to this podcast whilst wearing a mask. <laughs> yes. Uh, sure, I'm not sure how we're going to enforce this, but it's not the weirdest rule we've come up with so far. So We have been bought out by Big Mask. This week's sponsor, <laughs> Samurai Mask. I really wish they sponsored. That would be really bloody cool. <laughs> does the helmet come with the mask or is that sold separately? The helmet does not come with the mask. Uh, oh, okay, fair. So this is designer Yuji Miyamori uh, from Fukushima, who is a fashion designer. And basically this area in Japan was famous for uh, samurai armor. Uh Especially warriors on horseback. 
And so he designed a cloth mask to look like the samurai face masks, which were used to usually represent, like, demons or, like, like fierce monsters. Uh, and also just kind of protect your face a little. But sadly, they are all sold out. But they look really cool. Except, once again, their own website image looks awful. I was about to ask if they have a more flattering photo of someone wearing a mask. But um, they do not. No, there there are. But the main problem is it's in three colours, which is red, black, and undyed. It does... I do like them, but it does kind of look like someone's making a stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> which I suppose is what the samurai masks were. So, actually, yeah. you're on point. I see what they're going for. I more have a problem with the red one because it just looks like someone's had a really bad nosebleed. Like someone's just been punched in the face and covered in tissue. The bad thing, Thomas, is I would legit buy one of these if they were in stock. They are not. I I do not doubt it, John. I do not doubt it for a second. Uh, you can, if you do want to, uh, you can go to their website, which is samuraimask.official.ec and inquire about a restock, uh, basically saying i i would like this i would like this when you get it back please i mean props to this company they actually have a modern website which is yeah. saying something they put a lot of effort into making a usable website for humans so at the very least they've got that going for them and i will say that actually i was wrong they do ship internationally thomas uh however th- th- shipping internationally is essentially the price of the mask again well, that's just the price we gotta pay to have a somewhat samurai-like mask. I, I guess can, I can imagine, especially for cosplays, this would be awesome. Like, because then you can't don't get the cospox either. That is important. That should be priority number one for anyone who's cosplay. <laughs> but it's also nice because it's like it's being produced and made and giving jobs in uh, the local area. Look up samurai masks, but not samurai masks. <laughs> How on earth am I going to talk about this in the edit? <laughs> but more mask-related shenanigans this week in Civil Disobedience Corner. I, I, it's not really crimes. All the crimes this week were really depressing, Thomas. So, so I, oh, I, ve- I vetoed them. Well, not like really interesting, depressing, just sad, depressing. You can go listen to True Crime Podcast number 33 to hear about murders. But you can only hear about this news here about a Japanese politician who is suing a city who want to see his face. That's just rude. No one wants that. Yeah. Well, this is Oita City Councilman, uh, also known as Skull Reaper Aji. Good start already. That's a strong presence right there. He is a municipal legislator by day and a professional wrestler by night. But ladies, I'm afraid the mask does not come off. Maybe that's what you want. Don't shame me, John. The thing is, he first won election in 2013. 
and he was elected on a platform of being a Lucha Libre-styled wrestler with a deep interest in community improvement and child welfare. Sounds good to me. I'm pretty sure that's the movie Nacho Libre. However, the city council uh, forbid him to wear his trademark mask in council chambers as well as committee rooms. Not only that, he is the only council member's face that doesn't appear on city websites and newsletters. Like, it's just blank. <laughs> it has his name, but these, there's no picture. These cowards won't accept that they have a, a wrestler amongst them. Council, I just love this. Councilman Skull Reaper Aji has constantly fought for his right to wear his mask in session, claiming that the city is hiding behind an irrelevant rule against hats and canes to mask their own blatant ma- maskism. Oh, God. <laughs> Cultural maskism. <laughs> and so recently, he has filed a lawsuit against Oita City, uh, demanding they show his masked face on their website and pay him 5 million yen in damages. He, the main reason he's suing is he says that basically all his other appeals have turned to naught. And, like, so this is the only way. Also, Japan has a lot of history of, like, really dumb, really weird political candidates. We've talked about a couple of them here. Um, this guy has been a continually elected uh, since 2013. He is currently on his third term on the city council. The people want the wrestler. Why won't you let the people have their wrestler candidate? They want to be represented by him. Some of these promo pictures are amazing, though. Dogs love him. Mascots want to be him. This this man needs his own anime. <laughs> uh, it's a very strange world in which I, I was just thinking, oh, that anime with the Lucha Libre wrestler. And my brain went, which one? Wrestling. It's big in Japan. People love it. Apparently enough to elect a wrestler as one of their democratic officials. And quite frankly, the fact that the the politicians won't accept the people's mandate is undemocratic. We should have more Mexican wrestlers in in masks in government. I say. So sorry, Thomas. He wasn't pro. He wasn't coming. He wasn't making notes and stuff from an orphanage. Uh, he was at a ceremony uh, to attend uh, Oita Animal Protection Center. He's basically promoting lots of no-kill animal shelters. Yay! Which is, which is well, a big no thing. Disagree with that. Exactly. No. So no. Wait. He is. He is this anime. He's exactly this anime. What is? <laughs> what are the chances there are two Mexican-inspired Japanese wrestlers who are both super into animals? I'd say probably quite high. Animals are great. Yeah, it's Kemonomichi. I'm thinking of Kemonomichi. If you have a problem with someone stealing your thing, you just wrestle them for the title. That's how wrestling works, I think. Right? Just Highlander rules. There can be only one, but with wrestling. Thomas, now it's time to go on to snack break. Maybe a bit early, but this one's going to take a while. Ooh, exciting. Are we having something a little bit more fancy than usual, John? Well, I've the thing is, I'm going to have to use the time machine, because I've already drank it. Give me two seconds. Time 
everyone, it is, it is currently Saturday, I am across town, in a Starbucks, drinking the rather, well, interesting, tottery frappuccino, because this, Thomas, is the 47 Jimoto Frappuccino. To celebrate 25 years of Starbucks in Japan, Starbucks has released a special frappuccino for each prefecture. Oh my, that's a lot of work. Exactly. And so, of course, I had Tottery Prefectures because I am a proud Tottorian. You gotta rep the local prefecture. I will say, so, Tottery's, uh, Tottery's one is, uh, Caramel. Well, it's a creamy caramel frappuccino. It's because Tottery, if you, uh, might know at home, because I keep on telling about it, it is famous <laughs> for its deserts. It's famous for its sand dunes. And so obviously, so, the only natural way to present that is through caramel. And also, they drew a cute little camel on the on the on the on the mug. Introducing great. Starbucks's new frappuccino flavor, sand. I will say, of course, you can find my pictures of this drink on Instagram at the Gaijin John. Uh, they did for some reason. It's not on like the image, or I can't find it listed anywhere. They sprinkled something on top of it that was like shiny and looked almost like my friend said like edible gold. Ah, uh, the little camel isn't actually like an official thing. It's just something that your barista drew on. No, they're they're pre-drawn on. Ah, oh, okay. It looks hand-drawn, so. Uh... No, they do that. They do that here. Oh, that's clever. At the very least, I was fooled. Yeah, so they've actually only been in Tottery Prefecture for the last, like, six years. But yeah, it's a coffee base with caramel and cream. And I will say, I'm not usually a huge fan of caramel, because usually it's quite... It's either way too sweet or way too bitter. And I will say, <laughs> when I started drinking this Frappuccino, it, for me, was too bitter. I, I, I was just like... I get the caramel taste and I go, oh, mm, no, no, don't, not, not great. But then it grew on me. It was nice, like, it's caramelly, like the caramel on top was sweet. You got kind of the bitter. I like a salted caramel more. Uh, but this was quite, this is quite heavy. But as I went through it, it was like, no, this is nice. It get better. And I'm like, at the end, I'm like, this is a delicious frappuccino. So it grew on me like my prefecture did. <laughs> but I will say, also fun fact that I've just found out here, um, Tottery was Japan's last prefecture to get a Starbucks. Makes sense. There's there's no one in Tottery. It's not exactly a bustling market that you really need to break into. It's kind of just, there's a formality. you got to collect all the prefectures. Our local boys is a coffee chain called Sunaba which is a play on the Japanese nickname for Starbucks, which is Sutaba. <laughs> I like those. I like those guys. Those, they sound cool. I don't think I've actually ever been to a Sunaba. <sighs> John, 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 how many times have you been to the Starbucks, but you've never been to the real thing? That's because they have, like, one in my city. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's to be expected. Yeah, there's, like, one... In my city. Yeah, it's, and it's right next to where one of the Starbucks is. <laughs> Oof. Ah, not sure about that placement. 
But so, Thomas, I rated my Starbucks. So now, I give it a tottery out of ten. But... <laughs> but I want you now to rate what you think these flavours would taste like out of ten. Because we can't go to 47 Japanese prefectures to drink 47 Frappuccinos. We're so, just going to have to use the realm of our imagination. Yep. So... Let's start all the way up at number one. It's Hokkaido with corn. Oh, no. Terrible start. What? Corn? Corn? Yeah. As in, like, popcorn or just no corn. corn? Corn, creamy, frappuccino. Hokkaido, what you doing? Hokkaido, what you're on about? That's not. That's not good. I will say Hokkaido doesn't have much. It was probably either this or potatoes. I feel like potatoes might have been better. <laughs> oh, it was that or butter. Uh, we would probably say probably should have been Again, butter, butter would probably have been better. <laughs> mm. Oh. Well, you've had I creamed corn. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, cool. So God. that's a strong start. Then number two, Aomori. Is apples. Aomori is prefecture famous for apples and strawberries in Japan. So they get apples Seems and strawberries. Seems perfectly reasonable. It seems like a nice, safe frappuccino. It look, it does look delicious. Next we have Iwate with matcha and black sesame. I've never had any of these, but it sounds all right. What does it sound like to you, John? So green tea and black sesame do go together. Uh, though there is also a brown sugar caramel drizzle, which is meant to reflect the golden history of Iwate. <laughs> what? Okay. I'll take their word for it. Then next we have Miyagi with green tea zunda mochi frappuccino. Alright. Se- so seems fine. Zunda mochi is basically mochi covered in edamame. So like crushed, like crushed beans. So it's like bean oh. mochi frap. I'm not super excited, but it sounds neat. Next, Akita, home of the dogs, with caramel. But they get salted caramel, not desert caramel. <laughs> not sand. Mm. Um, I mean, that's that's just a frappuccino. That's. I can't imagine yeah. that going wrong. That Yamagata. Pretty good. Next, Yamagata with pear frappuccino. All right. La France pear. So it's not a Japanese pear. Because really, my <clears> prefecture <throat> should have had the Japanese pear frappuccino. Because we're famous for our pears. But someone at Starbucks went no. What are you doing, Starbucks? You're well, dropping it is a Jap- the ball here. It is a Japanese pear. It's just called La France because reasons. <laughs> oh dear some things will never make sense so any opinions I don't like pears there we are I'm not taking you to the pear museum when you come to visit then uh, fair enough I will probably hate it there next is Fukushima which is just fruits lots and lots of this fruits this seems like my sort of thing mangoes, uh, grapes it looks like uh, a peach Solid. Nice little selection you got there. 
So this drink is mango passion fruit tea and a peach frappuccino together. That actually sounds really nice. Ooh, that does sound good. That sounds, sounds refreshing. refreshing. Hell yeah. Ibaraki is melon frappuccino. Ooh, I, I would like this. White <laughs> chocolate and melon. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Oh, that does sound good. I'm hungry. I'm already eating dinner. Next is Tochigi, uh, which has mocha whipped cream chocolate. What is on earth is this? So, Tochigi Prefecture is famous for the most lightning strikes in Japan. So this, <laughs> this... <laughs> what a thing to be famous for. Yeah, so, like, the the official art has little, like, lightning bolts on it. Um, so, it's mocha with a whipped cream and mango drizzle to symbolize lightning cutting through a darkened sky. I mean, it does look delicious, though. It, it looks like my kind of thing. That they know what I want over in Tochigi, apparently. So, uh, good for them. In Gunma, it's a yogurt mango frappuccino. Sick. Love it. The yogurt is used to represent Gunma's dairy production. And the mango is for the colour of a local flower. Then we have Saitama. Not the One Punch Man character. Though would he like his mix of citrus? Ooh. So Yuzu... So it's basically citrus fruit, uh, including yuzu and a strawberry sauce. Got some nice colourful sprinkles on top as well. Yeah. The red is supposed to symbolise spider lilies, a famous flower, and the yellow for the sun. Which I don't think Saitama gets a monopoly on, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm also not sure I'd want to drink anything that represents spider lilies, but uh, sure, carry on. Mm, Delicious the taste of death next is chiba with uh with mitarashi dango frappuccino basically it's a sweet soy sauce frappuccino inspired by the sauce used on mitarashi dango a local street food all right fair enough i will say i have had like sweet soy sauce candy before it's actually quite good i will say mix of sweet and salty we need to get faster because we're only at number 13 (laughs) (laughs) that's <laughs> <laughs> the big one it's tokyo time it's coffee coffee us? it's it's coffee jelly and caramel you know what fine double down i don't care moving on it's basically to be like oh ginza tokyo first ones uh kanagawa is more citrus because Boo, get ocean. your own thing kanagawa get out of here i mean it is blue <laughs> that is impressive i i i is, is weird but i can't say anything bad about blue food next one has the uh, next one is the award for the one i want to eat them and drink the most it's nigara with a kaki no tane chocolate frappuccino what have they got mixed in with uh sprinkles on top of that so and mixed in kaki no tane are like a a rice snack so usually they're like eaten as a bar snack but you can have them ah. like in chocolate as well. They're called kaki no tane, which means persimmon seeds, because they look—they're the same shape and size as persimmon seeds. That but does they sound are delicious. They really are. They're, they're like the best. They're, they're like the best snack food. Um, but you can also get them. You can get these chocolates, which are like these, these crispy, salty, like rice snacks inside the blocks of chocolate 
and they are the best and so bad for me and I can eat an entire bag in one sitting. Uh, <laughs> that does sound good, but John, we are still only at 15, so we yeah, need no, to okay, keep going. Okay. It's good. 16, Toyama, watermelon. Sick. Carry on. Ishikawa, hojicha, which is roasted tea. I don't know what that tea. is. It's roasted green tea. I, I'm, I, I wouldn't... That does not appeal. Does not appeal. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> Fukui is uh, puffed rice frappuccino. Never had puffed rice. I'm sure it's fine. It's Rice Krispies, Thomas. I haven't had puffed rice in ages. It <laughs> doesn't make sense in a frappuccino. Where it's, where it's white chocolate mixed with white chocolate and matcha. Yamanashi is grape and white chocolate. A lot of white chocolate going around. It's a, it's a solid staple. It's because it's sweet and goes with lots of flavours. Nagano is apple butter caramel frappuccino. That does sound delicious. It's apple jack. Gifu is matcha and coffee jelly frappuccino. Ooh dear. Ooh dear. Mm, Not sure. Not sure about that one. Uh, Shizuoka is uh, orange. Mikan. It says mandarin orange with chocolate. Mm, White chocolate again. Yep, there we are. Aichi is Anchor Red Bean and coffee. Not bad. Have you ever had Anchor Red Bean? No. It's it's got it's gonna be a weird flavor. I will say. Mie is uh, citrus and Issei tea. Don't understand what's in this. Doesn't look that appealing. Very green. Mm. Shiga is uh, it's blue again. It is using butterfly pea tea for the rich blue of the lakes. And citrus topping to represent the sunset reflected off Lake Biwa. You ever tried butterfly PT, John? Uh, I've heard it's quite nice. Uh, it's very popular in Japan for if you want to drink blue things. Uh, uh, oh, I do. You know I do. Uh, Kyoto is matcha and kinako. Kinako is kind of like a roasted soybean powder. That's it. Oh, yeah. Osaka is. Just lots of fruits again, which doesn't really make sense. But it's bananas, apples, oranges, peaches, mangoes, and passion fruit. Is that two different drinks? Nope. It's just one. Oh, it's just showing milkshake for some reason. Oh, it's because mixed juice is a juice originating from Osaka because after the war when produce couldn't be wasted. So they just they just put all the fruits in. Waste not, what not. Hyoga is ultra double chocolate. Yes, this is, this is my thing. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love some dark chocolate. Never been to Kobe. Nara is hojicha and white chocolate together. I'm still not Nara sold on the Nara is deer ho- flavor. Hojicha. It's not deer flavor. It's uh, deer flavor. Wakayama is mikan again, but low-fat milk to make the citrus stand out more. There we are. Wakayama, more healthy. Tottery, we've, we've established, is a creamy caramel desert frappuccino. My neighbouring prefecture, though, Shimane, which I will say I will probably end up trying soon, is matcha and coffee together. Dang. Mm, I will say it doesn't look great. It's a green and brown mix. It's not great looking. (laughs) It's a swamp-flavoured frappuccino. (laughs) I will say it it is topped with silver powder to highlight Shimane's... UNESCO World Heritage Site, the Awami Ginza Silver Mine. I'm not going there because it's a two and a half hour drive and I don't think my car can take it. <laughs> Next, Okiyama is, is, is Peaches. It's is Peaches. Because this, this is where the legend of Momotaro, the Peach Boy, comes from. Peach and Citrus Frappuccino. 
Hiroshima is lemons and citrus. That's worse things it could be. Indeed. Yamaguchi is black sesame, and I will try anything black sesame flavoured once. Yeah, black sesame and matcha. Ooh. Uh, Tokushima is yuzu again. Getting a lot of repeats here, but 47 prefectures. <laughs> Kagawa is wasambon, which is a kind of tea snack. Never heard of it. Oh, basically, it's a very small kind of sweet that's almost like when you eat it, it like turns to powder in your mouth that you're supposed to drink with bitter matcha. So it's supposed to be this traditional sweet and matcha frappuccino. That's actually an interesting idea. Ehime is kiwi. No thanks. Kochi is ginger and citrus. I'm intrigued. Should I be? I don't know. <laughs> Fukuoka is... is It looks just like grass. Um, sorry. It's, <laughs> it's white chocolate with a yamcha tea. It's not yam... It can't be yamcha. Yamecha. Yamecha. <laughs> Dragon Ball is like, they put Yamcha in tea. <laughs> uh, saga is Saga Crispy Sugar and Chocolate. I'm down. Uh, Nagasaki is Castella Coffee and Cream Fabertino. So famous for the Castella cake I've talked about before. That'd be quite nice. It won't taste of much, but yeah. Kumamoto, famous for everyone's famous terrifying mascot. <laughs> is crunchy biscuit and chocolate with strawberries. They do sell strawberries, though, so they're nice. And waiter, coming up, 44. It's another citrus tree frappuccino. This one has citrus pulp in it. I don't care. Miyazaki, Ugh. it's sparkling. Not that one. It's citrus combined with mango syrup. Mm. More citrus. Kagoshima is black honey cream frappuccino. Black honey and chocolate chips. That does sound fun. I don't know if it would taste any good. Finally, Okinawa has Chinsuku Vanilla Caramel Frappuccino, which is like a traditional shortbread treat that's sold on the island. I do like shortbread. Absolutely. It's a shortbread and caramel frappuccino, Thomas. That sounds amazing. Um, But yes, if you live in and around Japan, you might be able to get your uh, frappuccinos. They're only being sold up until the 3rd of August. So you got to get them now. Get them now before they're gone. I will be able to only drink two, very sadly. My swamp and desert flavoured frappuccinos. And uh, very quickly, I'll do some local news because, Thomas, I went somewhere. You went somewhere, John? I know. sound like you. I went to a sword museum. Sick. Because that's what I do on my weekend. What else could you possibly be doing? If there's a sword museum available, why would you not be going to a sword museum? I know, but it is a small uh, sword museum. It's Oki Izumo, uh, which is near Izumo Taisha. It's near Matsue. Uh, so it's just over the border into Shimane. And I found out from this museum that this area of Japan uh, used to make 80% of Japan's iron and steel. Because basically... So like a kilo of steel. Yeah, because Japan has no steel. There's no natural steel whatsoever. Which is part of the reason, like, they went through all the things of that they did to make Japanese swords to get the iron from them. 
Basically, I'm not going to try and explain Tatara steelworking, because this is the traditional <laughs> way, because it, it doesn't make... I still don't know if I thoroughly understand it, and I'm sure there's some neckbeards out there who've made much more detailed videos than I ever can. Um, but essentially, iron sand is collected from either the sides of mountains or, like, lakes, which basically is quite predominant in the local area it's also extremely humid and forest grows back really quickly so the charcoal you need to like heat the uh heat the iron sand to like the heat it needs uh you can make loads of it apparently there's a really interesting thing about local like uh replenishment cycles that basically an area of forest will come back after about 30 years so they basically had dip different sections that they used every 30 years so they come back to that one when it was ready again. Basically because the stuff grows here really fast because it's really hot. Ah, too hot. <laughs> but yeah, so what they do is then they basically, they make these like, uh, these almost like these forges out of clay um, and fill them with charcoal. And then whilst pumping them with bellows which the traditional japanese bellows are really weird they're really big they basically have to be stepped on um and it's like step 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 to like squish them at this at this um at this museum you can like they they have ones that you can stand on and have a go at them uh which i didn't because i was the only person in the museum except for the curator <laughs> That's the perfect time to give it a try, John. I know, but I also don't want to be the... The thing is, Thomas, if I break it, uh, there's no one else you can blame. <laughs> uh, that makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. So, no, it was it was really, really cool. And, and basically, they, sorry, they make these big um, uh, thing, And then they, like, they pour the iron sand on top. Like, they, they spread it around on top. And then they add more charcoal and then more iron sand and more. And after a, a huge amount of time, basically the iron sand separates. So the iron melts down into these huge, like, meteoric blocks at the bottom, separated from all the impurities. And what they do is they basically, they break open the clay forge at the end. And you're just left with these massive, like, big, like, almost like meteorites of iron. They look crazy. Ooh, goodness me, that's stacked. If you want a um if you want like a interesting like animated representation of Tatara ironwork, uh go watch Mononoke Hime or Princess Mononoke. It it's that kind of ironwork that they're doing. It was ended up being replaced by when they had industrial ones set up in the uh, 19th century come. But you just basically end up with these huge like semi-malformed blocks of iron which they then break into small parts um like chip off bits judge them by quality to then put into the swords when they make them there is a little english guidebook that they have which is very nice but otherwise everything's in japanese but google translate um google translate on your phone auto translate looking through all the stuff is really helpful generally really really amazing little place especially if you're a fan of um fan of learning how the japanese blade is made um looks like they have quite the selection of swords on display as well yep yeah, they're, they're i'm the thing is like i like swords i own a sword 
it's, it's a replica William Marshall sword. Uh, but I'm not actually that like huge into them. Like as a katana, I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, that is definitely a katana. Yes. And you know why I know that? Because katana is the Japanese word for sword. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you really <laughs> off a neck bit. You go. <laughs> you just hold out like a big, like huge claymore. Do you like my katana? <laughs> katana ski desk car that means do you like my sword <laughs> uh, they do do on um, I didn't look ahead because I'm dumb uh, but they do do hopefully when Covid uh, lets up they do practical demonstrations on the, I think the first Sunday or the last Sunday of every month Me. so you can go if you check ahead of time unlike me and it's a special ticket price to go in if they're like doing like a special production. Um, mm-hmm. Then you can see um, Tatara Iron getting made in this little sword museum. I will say getting there by car is the only way. And it's also bloody terrifying because the Japanese mountain, I had to go through proper Japanese mountain roads, like one side. Like if this was busy, if I make one mistake, you are not getting another podcast kind of roads. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Yeah, they were. I, That's I, good. Funnily That's enough, good. I didn't get out the car to take a picture to show everyone because that'd be bloody idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did he die? Well, uh, it is also very famous, this little museum, for a big statue outside. Oh, dang. That's a, that's a dragon right there. It is a dragon. It's an eight headed dragon. People who love their Japanese folklore will be screaming at you now for knowing who that eight-headed dragon is do you know who the eight-headed it's an dragon eight-headed, is an eight-headed dragon shaped like a spring uh not particularly no uh it's orochi it's the one killed by suzano if you're a fan of okami uh it's one of the main villains in that uh it's also if you are a fan of legendary sword making the legendary uh emperor's sword is supposed to come from the tail of orochi Makes sense that he's here then. Yeah. So base metal statue form. Yeah, because we're it, we're about a two hour about well we're about an hour's drive from Izumo, in this place it's literally called Oku Izumo, so. But no, so when COVID lets up and you wanna you wanna go see some cool swords and you're in the area, can't go wrong with Oku Izumo. Or if you want to go make a proper, like, <laughs> if you want to go make a proper pilgrimage all the way to Oku Izumo. Like, I'm not going to stop you. I won't be living here. <laughs> Actually, the slow news day has gone on quite longer than I expected, mostly due to the fact yeah. that um, we talked about Frappuccinos for so long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, were you, John? No, no, I was not. But there we are. Uh, Thomas, I would just like to ask you, you have been um, uh, watching some anime, so do you want to do a breakdown final recommendation for peoples? Uh, yes. I believe the first one that I have uh, to talk about is something that John will be enjoy talking about as well. <laughs> anyway, John, you enjoyed Zombieland Saga, right? I did indeed. Fantastic. Well, boy, do I have something for you. It's Zombieland Saga Revenge. <laughs> The second season in the much-beloved Zombieland Saga franchise. Is this the Tokyo Revengers I've heard so much about? (laughs) It's the Saga Revengers, John. Different prefecture. Damn it. 
I knew I'm geographically challenged. <laughs> we went through a whole list of frappuccinos, and you somehow didn't learn all about the geography of Japan, John. I'm outraged. Outraged. What was the point of that half-hour segment? I was hungry. It made me hungry. <laughs> Fair enough. That that's a good enough reason. Uh, anyway, I had a I had been missing my wonderful, wonderful zombie girls from the Zombieland Saga series. Uh, for those who aren't caught up, it's a series about. Uh, seven girls being resurrected by a, a strange man to become a idol group and hilarity and hijinks ensue from there as you might imagine so how is this new series like comedy anime we had a good setup for the first season they had a big celebration at the end i believe lightning was involved uh did they screw it no, up lightning was involved in the in the mid point of the th- it was it was a snowstorm in the in the conclusion oh. of Zombieland Saga <laughs> season one yes of course um Zombieland Saga Revenge is basically more just more Zombieland Saga I'm not sure it really works as a true sequel some of the story plots sort of get mixed up some get put to the sidelines for in favor of new ones um the the season open you've seen the first episode yes. John so you know that the first the first episode opens with a bit of a time skip having happened between the first season and the second. It was a little bit lazy, I will say. <laughs> first episode was time skip. Oh no, we lost. It was a video game sequel setup of oh no, you lost all your power ups before the game started. <laughs> Yeah, the first episode, mm, I, I will say that out of the 12 episodes of, of Zombieland Saga, I'd say about three of them are probably quite weak. With one of, them, one of them is fine, so two of them are quite weak, and unfortunately they are the first two episodes of the season. It takes a little while for the, for the show to really find its legs again. Don't know where they lost them, Yeah, they're detachable. They're zombies. So. Zombies. Um, and also the first episode's weird because there's another episode later in the season that covers some of the same story beats, but better in such a way that I was like, wait, have I watched this out of order? But no, no, it's just, it takes a while to get into the new season. But once you hit the season three, four double feature, because it's uh, basically one story over two episodes, then you get back into what the good old Zombieland saga which is, mix, which is, yeah, comedy zombie girls. I yeah, so it, it's watching the girls you love do girl things. Yes, uh, basically, very dumbly. Uh, first series, uh, they mess up. Some business mess up happens, and so they were gonna be successful and they were popular, but no. And now they now have you gotta no start from square one again. Yeah, they have no money, and uh, their manager <laughs> has lost his. Um, yeah, it has about as much effort as I put into that explanation. What's the other thing you've been watching? Uh, the other thing I've been watching has been uh, something of a cult classic in the making, which is Odd Taxi. How crazy is this Odd Taxi? Odd Taxi is is not uh, crazy uh, so much, but it is it is a little a little weird. Uh, you might some might call it odd. In fact, yes, uh, I have taken it based on its recommendation from some of the more well-established uh, anime view, uh, critics and stuff. And uh, I have to say that 
The show is very well written. It's everything it was promised to me. It is a fun little mystery thriller um, that has. It's a nice thirteen season run, uh, and it each episode keeps building. I I hope not thirteen seasons. That one. Thirteen episodes. Yeah, that one. My words have failed me. Not watching another bleach. Uh, with each episode really doing a good job of building on everything that happens in the previous episodes and really building up the sort of it's a fantastic character drama Like the writing on this show is excellent everything is very well interconnected everything every important plot detail is established very nicely and neatly a few episodes prior to when it needs to be established when it needs to be used and uh, it's got some neat little twists that aren't like they don't come out of the blue. No, there's no like heel turns in the story. Everything is you could probably see it coming. And if I'd watched this like week by week as it was coming out, with some time to stew on each episode, you could have probably been like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. I'd, I'd guessed a couple of things, but that's because the show does a good job of like hinting at it. It's like a proper like a Sherlock mystery of like you have all the information, but sometimes you don't put it together before the show does. Thomas, what you very just said done. is the opposite of a Sherlock mystery. <laughs> not like not like not like BBC Sherlock, John. I'm talking like a proper Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock. No, I had those as well. I will say as someone who loves mystery fiction, I'm gonna take my little two cents here. Sorry, the anime review is lovely. Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie <laughs> have, are some of the most, like, have some of the most bullshit pulls of, oh, but our detective, who is not the perspective character, saw this one thing that reveals the whole story ah. that we show you at the very end. What you're talking about Tell is much more interesting, which is like hard-boiled detective fiction, which is the American style, in which you experience things from the perspective of the first-person character. Um, yes. So you get all the exact same information as them, aka your Maltese yes. Falcon, your the Big Sleep. I must have been speaking of the platonic ideal of a Sherlock mystery, uh, which I think you've done a good job of establishing. And I think our main character, being a, a taxi driver, does lean better into the hard-boiled perspective rather than being a a whiz detective. I will say he's det- not. Uh, detective he- fiction is one of my, if you can't tell, one of like my niche absolute loves <laughs> <laughs> well i think this is a good one for for you to give it a go uh i'm excited it, 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 like i said it it's it's pretty dang watertight there might be like a couple of things that pop up in the finale that require you to suspend your disbelief right. ever so slightly but right. it's a show where everyone is an anthropomorphic animal so it's not asking you to dis, dis- uh suspend your disbelief much more than that premise already is Okay, so we're not having walruses shoot their tusks. <laughs> like, I'll be honest, John, the anthropomorphic animal aspect is so minor that it hardly ever factors into the story as a whole. Uh, it's it's a very important, it's a very good aesthetic choice for the show. The designs all wonderful and really help communicate the characters at first glance, uh, and. That is useful, but um, it's not like a, there's quite been a, quite a few anthropomorphic animal shows in the anime sphere that's been coming out recently. Most people will be familiar with things like Beastars or uh, Brand New Animal that have come out. 
And those are shows that really do sort of lean it are all about mixing animal characteristics with human society to create metaphors and commentary. Odd Taxi is not that. Uh, if that's what you're looking for, I'm sorry. But um, Go watch Beastars. It's its own thing. Beastars is good. I'd, I'd recommend watching Beastars. I did not watch more than one episode of Brand New Animal, so I can't say anything about that. Uh, and yeah, there's not any other good anthropomorphic animal shows. Well, with that blast from the anime reviewing past that is our resident anime expert Thomas that's the end of the show yeah woo go watch Zombieland Saga and Odd Taxi Odd Taxi's pretty good it's not like it, it's not gonna blow you away with anything in particular it, it's just a really solid show so Thomas where can they find us as well as finding Odd Taxi I, d- I don't know if we can be found in the same location I, I don't think we can, unfortunately. We are, at the moment, not sweet, sweet anime boys. So we're not in any of the anime streaming services. But we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. We'll get John a VTuber rig or something and start from there. <laughs> I did actually consider they had open auditions for Hollow Life English Season 2. And I half... I, like... I was you pl- just you wait for season three, John. We'll get you there. We'll get you was, your sweet, sweet Zenitsu face rig. We don't care about copyright infringement here, boys. I was applying. You're for gonna my, be a lightning boy. I was applying for my master's thesis at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like it's like I wonder if somewhere there are two paths of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I clearly took the wrong one for yeah. the purposes of John's dad listening. John definitely took the right one. I endorse every decision he's ever made. But speaking purely as a fictional character myself, John, you made the wrong choice. Come on, we need to make you a VTuber. This is our next strategy. And if you want to keep track of John's VTuber adventures, you have to follow us on our social media at Geeks and Guidance on Twitter and Geeks and Guidance on Facebook. Our podcast, where we'll be documenting John's slow decline into fictional boyhood, uh, will be broadcast live, but not really, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, not SoundCloud. Podbean. We've stopped updating the SoundCloud. We never right. updated the SoundCloud because it costs stupid amounts of money. <laughs> We're poor. We're broke. John's doing a master's degree. He needs his money. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you can also, of course, find me on Instagram at the guy John as well, or on Twitter at John Combi. Uh, you can also occasionally find us on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash geeksandguidance, uh, which generally, if you follow us there, you'll be told when we stream, because it is very occasionally. And if you have any problems, you can always email us at geeksandguidance at gmail.com. That's not the anther sound, that's the word and. Uh, but yes, I think that's everything. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And... For the remaining time that I am still here, I'll see you next week in Japan. Bye! Stars.